0: Buddy, welcome to uh, Season 2, Episode 13 of Never Go Full Nelson. I'm Ben Nelson, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my son, Nick Nelson. And, uh, Hello. Oh, there he is. I thought you were frozen, but you're not. You're no. sitting still. Cool. Yeah. cool. Cool. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing t- well. Is that what? what you're supposed to say? Superman does good. People do well. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks <sighs> like some... I'm so proud know. of you. You're becoming so
0: educated. Listen to this. That's
1: not me. I don't Dif- give a shit. Differentiating I, I, between I, I know good and two well. versions of English. I know bad English and worse English.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah, English is a second language for me. I don't know what the first one is. Know.
1: It's more. Uh, uh, Neanderthal? Neanderthal, uh, I think, is the.
0: Oh, I wish. I wish I knew yeah. how they talk. Or if they did. They don't talk. Yeah. They so actually how they I was... speak? Or what? No, they no. like,
1: they just uh I was watching a program. They just like kind of grunt and like ugh, ugh, ugh. they don't actually they're like missing something in their voice capabilities that prevent them from actually ever that, that's like i was watching this program where like there's people that are still descendants that still have like like yeah i know them yeah
0: they
1: <laughs> they have problems speaking though these like people do i guess R- the republicans
0: I oh i did that was too soon that's not too soon too soon.
1: No, it's too soon. No, there's definitely a, a, a correlation. I think. So,
0: uh, so anyway, so so Neanderthals, but they just don't really know how they. They're just kind of like it's like thinking, you know, that dinosaur had a beautiful singing voice, and you're like, what? And it's like you know they were just kind of extrapolating, you know, okay, because he was this and that. Same thing with yeah. Neanderthals. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You'll they probably work guess out. Like,
0: how, how they could well, do the, the neuroscience on on somebody whose brain is gone. Uh, like a Neanderthal man, the skull. Oh,
1: hmm. Mm. Yeah, that I don't know do that. how that really. I mean, I, as far as I kind of like, as far as I know about like near, neurology and all that stuff, which isn't a lot, um, is like uh, we we know. How the stuff works, but we don't really know why. <laughs> like, yeah, and I can't so, spell it, so I'm not even going to start. You know, well, maybe we should have somebody on. You know, someday. Oh, we do have somebody on that probably knows about this stuff. Oh. Uh, we should we should probably introduce our guest. Then we haven't we have a guest on today. Um, she's a, a friend of of one of my brother's clients' wives, and uh, we've had him on the show, Doctor Rob Cohen, and. He's just adamant about how his wife is smarter and funnier and just all around funner to hang out with than he is. And we can we can uh, we can vouch for that already, <laughs> just in the short time
0: that she's been on on the screen with us here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Rob's right
1: again. Listen, it's, it is very it's, it is my my pleasure to introduce and to actually meet for the first time talk to uh, Doctor Robin Cohen, um, a neuropsychologist. And, uh, you know, like I, you can probably just talk about what... Hello, oh, how wait. are you? Wait, yay! Okay, first. Hello! <laughs> hello. hello. Hey, yeah, I, I, I'm going I'm to screw all this up, so I'm just going to let you describe what, <laughs> what it is. But what it is that I do. What, yeah. what, do, you do, what do you do do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, a neuropsychologist is a cross between a psychologist and with a focus on neurology. And so most of what we do is evaluations of people with brain problems. So, Whoa,
1: well, have you come epilepsy. to the right place? <laughs> so is that brain development problem? Just <laughs> a coincidence. Or yeah. is it just like injuries and stuff? Or is it both?
2: It could be both. Um, so I am on the pediatric side. So I'm more interested in or do more evaluations in from a developmental perspective. Okay. My husband works with adults, so he does, although obviously children could get injured too, so we do those kinds of evaluations as well. And then my husband is adults. an adult neuropsychologist. <laughs> adults, yeah. right? Um He does more of brain injury and dementia, those kinds of
0: things.
1: Mm. Mm. Yes,
0: it, it, It's been interesting. I read, read a little bit uh, ahead of time, which is not like us, but
1: Sometimes no, you're is. usually pretty good with that kind of stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, I heard
0: this story once. Uh, yeah, uh, neurocognitive <laughs> correlates of obsessive compulsive disorder. That's what I want. Oh my that's god, what I you want to my about.
2: dissertation. <laughs> I, that's
0: what I want to hear about. And I find that that uh, just that it's just.
1: Uh, so what is it again? Say it again. What was
0: that? <laughs> Don't make me say it again.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you were away from the microphone when you were this saying is, this. It, so is it. where
0: this is where she goes like deep, deep, deep into this stuff. Neurocognitive correlates of obsessive compulsive disorder. So, in other words, obsessive compulsive disorder. Why does your brain make you do that, right?
2: Well, there are certain um, ways that people with obsessive compulsive disorder think that's different than people without. OCD and so that dissertation study was about what are they doing and really what they're doing is a lot of what we call metacognition they're thinking about their thoughts like they're monitoring their thoughts and they're constantly you know we have we thoughts come in and out of our minds all day long um, most of them, us are just able to be like oh that's a weird thought and we just let it go and it's not worrying us but People with OCD are very conscious of what thoughts are going on <laughs> in their head, <laughs> and so that is kind of what develops actually before the OCD. It's you that you have that monitoring first, and then the anxiety builds up, and then it, it just kind of swirls into a...
0: <laughs> Nick keeps pointing towards himself.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but OCD is—it's weird. Whole it's like you know me why- or
1: something. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs>
2: I got into the field because I was um, a behavior therapist and you know, doing effective treatment and um, but not have insurance companies not paying for the treatment because um, there wasn't you know enough evidence-based um, therapy going on. And so they started doing neuroimaging, and they started um, finding that doing this behavior therapy, um, if you took neuroimaging of brains before treatment for OCD and after, whether you gave medicine or whether you gave this co- type of cognitive behavioral therapy, um, the brains after treatment look the same, whether you use medicine or whether you just use the environment. And so to, to help. And so I found that fascinating. So that's the whole reason why that PhD is even there. It's weird.
1: I I actually uh, personally, and this is super interesting because I, I've struggled with, I'm I'm weird with my OCD. It's not I don't I don't know if I would consider myself like I don't know where on the scale of OCD I sit, but I know that it influences a lot of like what you were talking about, like recognizing your thought process before you like actually like that. That sounds so familiar to me. <laughs> and like with my OCD, it's it's not like I got to turn on a light switch like eight times or something like that to do it. But I have very specific uh, OCD patterns that I cannot. But I, I, it, it would drive me crazy if I didn't do, I think, you know, uh, my wife loves to make like rituals. Yes, uh, very, very much rituals, so. Um, yeah. Just just, you know, and it, it goes beyond this, like, everyday, you know, living patterns. You know what I mean? It's like, like uh, some some of it's pretty mild and other like, you know, like like, for example, I have to like wipe my feet off before I get in the bed. It's even if my feet are clean, it's just a weird thing I have to do. I think that's and There could be nothing thing. on my feet. There could be nothing on my feet. I just need to do it. But it drives me fucking insane. And because nobody else.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's different. <laughs> that's different. But, like, that's it's a different. A, and those then are I two have, different things, I think.
1: And then I have really. It's, like, it's really, like
0: washing your hands when they're dirty and washing your hands after you wash your hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I, I,
0: with, that, with that being said, Robin, would you think that people often oh, probably overuse the word spectrum to, to when they're talking about subjects of habit and, and behavior and stuff like that, would you say that when when I, I've always felt like in all things, all things, it's spectrum, it's about spectrum, and whether it's habits, you know, you can, we can all agree that there are good habits and good rituals, and, and then there are ones, and yeah. you can take it a little too far, maybe a little bit. Right. So, I mean, is that, is there, when it comes to psychology, do you kind of, do you kind of look at it like varying degrees in, in a great sense? I mean,
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the whole um, most recent version of the DSM is moving to more of a spectrum um, conceptualization instead of these discrete categories that either you fall into or you don't. It's recognizing that all of these things are on a continuum,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's when you're on the severe end of the continuum that the symptoms start really impacting your functioning, and you're having difficulty holding a job or staying in relationships, or or even mm-hmm. just being miserable. Um, that's when okay we got we have to get treatment here for this but you know if you have some of these same symptoms but they're mild and they're not really causing any impairment it's like all right well you know you don't want to over pathologize
0: that mm-hmm. too yeah so yeah and, and as uh, Nick and I both share you know the uh, the same kind of. Uh, <laughs> Malady there with a, thats our job to do. That is to overemphasize, you know. That, that's how I like, Do I have a fever? No, you've been sitting in the sun. Oh, that's yeah. That's different, right? Yeah. So yeah, we both have to think bit of it. Of that. You
1: just reminded me I need to take another COVID test just to take one.
0: <laughs> My other COVID test was yesterday. I got to take another one, right? Nick's been yeah. taking a lot. I think you have the record. I'm thinking probably Nick. You probably have the record for taking COVID tests. That's well, a, uh,
1: let's look at my chart here, because um, I do have it. It Just sounds so
2: miserable to have to do that all the time.
1: Um, yeah, there's I'm all my to test results maybe, here.
0: I can't see that. Well, it's, a can't big, see what, it's a big uh, white uh, blob. Oh, God damn it! Yeah. Damn it! It's, what you does it say? It.
1: It's just a. Uh, let's, uh, let's. It says it's say guilty, one, most guilty. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Are you pregnant? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's twelve in the last six months. So. <laughs> Oh, I might have wow. a problem. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so are you
0: vaccinated? Remember what we yeah. were just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just crossed into the other part of the spectrum. <laughs> Yay! I wasn't kidding. I was, I was no, being no, that is uh, that's too <laughs> many. To have
1: some. You know, I don't know. I think <clears> I, <throat> I would rather see were... you.
0: I keep telling Nick he should wear like a space suit when he's working, like you know, because <laughs> the where he works at, people are not careful. Uh, Probably, I would say to yeah. the extreme, they just, they're ambivalent. They're not even,
1: probably. Well, you know, what's funny is, is the first thing they say is, uh and if they're listening, you know, I love you guys, but it's, it's funny to me because the first thing they say is, well, what we're going to need you to do 1st is go to the bathroom and wash your hands. Like what's, what, at this point, why do we even care? You know, like what's, <laughs> what's You mean because of germs? Yeah. Like what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> none of you guys are vaccinated. None of you guys are wearing masks. Why would you care if they're washing their hands at this point. What is that gonna do now at this point that you guys aren't already preventing again? So whatever.
0: Yeah, we're going to wash your yeah, hands. I,
1: cool. Yeah.
0: Just smudge some alcohol on you there. So yeah, I'm kind of wondering about that too. Uh, you know, mm, we're using a lot of that. Do you think that some of these germs are the guys who survive, the germs that survive are like, <laughs> bring it. And so they make a lot of little germs that love alcohol. Pretty soon we're gonna be, what are we gonna use next? What are, what right. are you going to disinfect yeah. next with? You know, it's going to have to be pretty foul. Yeah, fire. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> man. Like <laughs> I was, I was listening to NPR, and it's funny because like when it comes to like viruses, like they, uh, they were talking about, they had a virologist on there, and he was like, um, because they're like, well, are viruses are they animals or are they what are they? And they're like, and even the virologist, uh, vi- <laughs> the virologist Good. was Close like, enough. um. Yeah. Whatever. Um, was like, uh, neither. <laughs> they're kind of an anomaly in that sense. They just, they kind of exist, but we don't really know why they exist or we know why they're there or what causes them sometimes, but we don't know what their, what their purpose really is. And since, well, their purpose is to about, reproduce, like, that's it. Yeah. But I was like thinking Period. like, I guess, you know, cause, cause, uh, like mushrooms and like that, the fungi, are kind of like the same kind of thing. They don't. They're not really alive, but they're not really vegetation either. They're kind of like that in weird in between thing, mm. and they're all their own thing. You know, I just like think that's weird. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk. It seemed about like it was relatable. I don't know.
0: More about neuropsychology. Uh, yeah. have, have you delved into uh, any of the uh, political neuropsychology? No, I mean uh, political. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, let me be a little more specific here, and let, let use the user. Sure. Let me use the well, right we've words. talked
1: about it on the show too, so this is like something that we've actually been talking uh, about on. Several what it's pages. about?
0: Um, oh shoot, I got the wrong one. Like the
2: psychology of politics.
0: Well, actually, what of. they did, uh, it, it has to do with uh, there's. It's a, it's supposedly a new field, in which um, they actually. Uh, let's say, for example, they put you in a brain scan and put this other person in a brain scan and they ask you questions, uh, political questions about what's good, what's bad, that kind of thing. They're trying to figure out why why right now, in particular, we're so bifurcated and we're, we're so far apart. What makes a conservative person? What makes a liberal person? Is it part of the pathology of the brain? Is it something, is it nature or nurture, or is it actually the structure of your brain? And they've actually, I don't want to say progress, it's not to the point where they can actually point to anything other than to make some observations, which is the first part of it. But I think it's a a new part of, I guess, I guess your field there would be to figure out, you know, again, on the spectrum, it's one thing to have, we'll say, nuanced ideas and nuanced beliefs. But when you go over that, and you're over on the spectrum where you're just ironclad. I think that in yeah. itself is it's not a good thing in in any way, ne- either right. side of that th- that you go right. to. And I think that Extreme. I think that probably socially, uh, uh, we're sick right now. I mean, the our nation is ill uh, because of that. I mean, uh, so I mean, does that is that you find that? Troubling, just as just as a citizen, as a person, have you found it troubling that that I wouldn't call a duality? It doesn't deserve to be called that. I mean that split that we're we're seeing there.
2: Yeah, troubling and mind boggling um, because you don't see you know you see people that have decent intelligence and and reasoning in in one area, but yet. Um, you know, we, I have an, an aunt up in New York and she is the conspiracies. I mean, she's thinking that, um, JFK Jr. isn't really dead and he's going to be the next vice president along with Trump. Cheers. <laughs> it's going to happen any day. And she really believes it. And so she sends this to, you know, my mom and I and, and we're concerned. But, you know, my mom grew up with her. I mean, you know, she's a straight A student. She's, you know, um, it's it's puzzling it's baffling yeah and, well, um, there, and very very concerning well that's is probably why
0: people are starting to examine people's heads literally is because they're trying i think people are it's it, it's it's interesting but but when it strikes at home to you it's 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 like you said it 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 really renders it gets right to your heart i mean when it's somebody that you care about deeply and then all of a sudden you're like whoa what where did that come from I, how, because you it's hard to get there. And, you know, we, I think a lot of us like to believe that we can see, you know, when we can walk a mile in that person's shoes and try to understand what, what is it like to be in their shoes? And that'll help us to be, uh, to understand each other. But sometimes now it's like, especially now it is hard to get there.
1: It really I, I think is. What, right. I think what it comes down to, and I'm curious on a neurological, you know, if there is a reason for this or not, but. I think it comes down to people's beliefs versus what they they think that their beliefs are just as strong as actual factual evidence of things. And their opinion on this should be equal, even if it like logically isn't, you know, like, like, oh, well, that's just my opinion and that's yours. And it's like, well, mine's not, mine's a wide opinion. That's, that's across the board, across the scientific spectrum that most people believe, right? Yours is just a fucking
2: Evidence to back it up. And when, like, so when presented with evidence against their belief, they have to reject the evidence. They can't assimilate that and change their belief to assimilate that new information. They can only reject the information as false because it conflicts with their belief. Um, And, you know, that is, there's definitely a part of the brain that deals with that. Um, It gets word, you know, that part of the brain, Um. Peaks at around age 25 and stays pretty steady up through your late 60s and then starts to decline a bit. And uh, And that decline can be t- infinitesimal for some people. And then for other people maybe that have autoimmune disorders or cancer or other kinds of things that make them vulnerable, you can see a larger decrease in, in the volume of that part of the brain. I mean, that kind of goes um, against human nature,
1: though. Are, aren't we as humans supposed to evolve into what we learn, not the opposite, <laughs> like rear away from it. I mean, well, it make any- well, I mean, yeah, but don't-
2: evolve though through generations or evolve just. Yeah. I mean, Personal we evolve to a certain point, yeah. but we do degenerate, unfortunately, <laughs> Yeah in old age. Well,
0: do I mean, do you find uh, we'll say clinically with your patients is motivated reasoning and uh, cognitive bias. I mean that's not just a thing in politics. I mean right now I would apply that to the the reason, and and that I my own theory is that's why a relatively or really intelligent person can have these off the scale beliefs because they're really good at this this self delusion or this this cherry peaking this motivated reasoning because it's it's about assimilating and putting things together that agree with what you're thought and your world view is, and being able to, through that bias, to destroy through whatever argument you have to concoct, you know what I'm talking about? And I would imagine, clinically, that a lot of people who are deluded in, in one way or the other, or who are troubled, or whatever was the b- proper way to say it, they, it's kind of hard to pierce that for you to, to get them on the way to, being, uh, to healing. I mean, is, is that right. part of the, your struggle that you have to try to help people?
2: I'm sorry, you cut out there what was the question
0: yeah yeah I mean, is that part of the struggle to to, to be able to cut through the the cognitive uh, bias and the motivated reasoning behind some of your uh, patients, the people that you try to help with their problems is is do you you have to be specially crafty or you have to use techniques in order to, to get them to believe that something will work or that that something isn't true I mean, how do you deal with yes
2: it? I- I mean, I luckily work with children, so I don't have to deal with that. But there are so, a lot of psychologists. So you're
0: saying hand puppets is the way to go with with our friends because I, I it's would, a
2: great job. It's a great gig. <laughs> kids are great. I mean, kids are you know sponges for what you know is in their environment, and they don't have set beliefs yet, right? So they're taking in all this stuff, and if something conflicts, they're really great about kind of figuring that out and changing what they believe or what they think to fit um, what they're experiencing in the environment. Um, and then as we get older and we get a little bit more set in our ways, that ability kind of changes. Um, you know, I think that's a super important ability or skill to have throughout your whole life. Um, but, you know, not everybody. Oh, the ability <laughs> to, to to that, change
0: right? and to, to, to Right, evolve. to
2: change. Like some people, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. Exactly. Mm. I, I would graphic. agree, and uh, Nick and I, we, I, uh, we've kind of mused a little bit that not even more than that. I mean, in our own lives, we're constantly talking about our journey to become a human being. Uh, very yeah. Indian thing that you know we're not human yet. That that's your journey is to become right. a human, uh, and and I think part of that neuroscience behind what they're what they're finding. Is that a more conservative person is tends tends to be not always tends to be one that a person who wants structure and things to be like this yeah. and uh, yeah and the people of more liberal persuasion are a little more loosey goosey and are kind of like hey you know you know I'm you know well you know and yeah snowflakey okay cool guilty. Uh, we're willing to change. We'll we'll kind of you know we'll we'll embrace change a little more easily.
2: Uh, right. So. The structure is less important to us to keep. Like we don't need that structure to keep our anxiety levels. low. Yeah, and that's but probably some it. people do need yeah, that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. do, do you find so that, I think that there is that's any a, correlation between people who who are like neurologically speaking, even, even if it's children or adults, or if you know of any studies or whatever. Between people who do have a hard time, either either a accepting evidence or truth that contradicts what their beliefs are, and or refusing to to look at um, any evidence that would kind of open their mind a little bit. That you know, the people that are just like fucking, this is what I believe, and I don't care what you say to me. Is there something actually going on with them mentally, or is this just like a stubbornness that they just?
2: I mean, it is a stubbornness, and and our ability to measure that neurologically right now is in its infancy. But it's it, it's still there a little bit. Like we can see tasks um, of executive functioning for people who have that that rigidity. Um, you know, we we have designed some tasks that they can take, and we'll see lower performances on there. I'm sure there's probably neuroimaging um, things as well. It, and and the weird thing is is that. A lot of it is actually genetic in terms of what you were talking about where, um, like they've done twin studies where they have identical twins with the same genes reared apart. And, you know, one in a very conservative household and one in a very liberal household. And they were more likely to have the same political views as their identical twin that they met later in life versus the political views of the family that they were raised in.
1: Mm. Mm. I, I, uh, there is something you know, like, that I do want to bring up later in, uh, in the conversation. It does correlate with what you're talking about, just not politically, but we'll get to that. You know, I, I Well, know that yeah, people, and that what? is
0: interesting, Robin. I mean, that, that's, uh, and that does point towards, like you said, uh, the genetic part of that uh, would point towards something that was more structural, maybe? A little bit? Maybe?
2: Right. Something a little bit more biological yeah. than we... Not that the environment can't influence your biology. Sure. It absolutely nature does. Versus nature versus but you would think, going into like the hypothesis of these people doing these studies, was that, well, of course their political beliefs are going to be the same as their families. Um, but they weren't. Yeah. Um, and, and somebody who was raised in a very conservative household and is extremely liberal can attest to. So somewhere in my genetic history, yeah. <laughs> I was saved.
0: Yeah, <laughs> someone hit you with a magic wand there.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I, I don't want to sound too, um, you know, Oops. This, their side, this side. Um, you know, there's some there's some far extreme liberal aspects of it too that also refuse to to look and acknowledge at certain things to kind of continue their narrative that they want to f- believe and follow too. So I, I think I think that Definitely. it can. It, it's not just a conservative or a liberal thing. I think there are people and extreme cases on both sides of that line that. You know. Where
2: logic has has escaped the equation. Yeah, and it's not it's not <laughs> with people like
1: you, Dad, because you know, like I brought up things that were that were like kind of a little contradictory to what you thought, and then you went and looked into it, and you came back later, and you're like, holy shit, I didn't know that, and pff, now I know. Like that's yeah. something a lot of conservatives don't do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and it's one thing to go searching for oh, God, my. I never thought my least favorite expression would be "I do my own research," Ugh. but that's no, not it's, research. It's just not. Where's your study People published? think research is is Googling or going to Wikipedia. That's not research.
1: Re- no, that's, research that's, is done
0: by yeah. actual professional scientists. You know they especially they use, when it's it, a they, proven... they use a system. There's a there's a yeah, system. Especially for when research. it's a proven
1: fact that that Google is. Specifically designed to what you're into. So oh, yeah, you're yeah. researching, you're researching stuff that yep. Google, the Google AI is going. This is what I think they're going to want to see. So they're already yeah. hand feeding you your own bullshit. What What are you going to yeah. research? You're not getting yeah, an unbiased yeah. fucking search on there.
0: So it's it's a. Uh, but at the same time, like what you were pointing out, uh, Nick, it's it's wrong to be the other way too. with expression we had uh, in, in this fraternity that I belong to, the Masonic Lodge or whatever. I did, and it was, uh, it you know, and, they, and of course that, I kind of adopted this. It's like it's just great to have an open mind, but you don't want it so open that your brain falls out. <laughs> so yeah, not, but and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, you, you it's one thing to have an open mind, but you don't want to be like, you know, like you know, just believe whatever comes past you.
2: Exactly. You have to. You have
0: to. Credit. That, I'm. I'm a lot of me a lot of about me is something who's always cr- not a critical in a sense of a negative thing, but, you know, you, you, you have to be rational and critical and think of these things, but it's okay to not to not be completely dispassionate. You know, you can be passionate about, you know, um, you know, things that are, that mean a lot to you, but if you're really interested in what's really going on in, in life and, in trying to become a better person, why you know, I don't understand, you know, and I, I'm the same way as you are, Robin. You know, I I came from family, my mother and father, although they were, I think, politically, you know, they're Democrats and they were liberal. Holy moly, they were rigid in their behavior and their habits. and And for whatever reasons, you know, I mean, change was not a big, they weren't a big fan of that, so... So Mm I, you know, but me personally, I, 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 what was it? I'm I'm an apple that fell out of the tree, and but I rolled. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That whole saying, the apple didn't fall very far from the tree. Yeah, I didn't, but I rolled quite a bit. So. um,
2: I think the thing that concerns me the most here is um, there's a book on this called "The Death of Expertise," hmm. and. Because of social media giving everyone this kind of equal voice that can reach the same amount of people, uh, whether, you know, you know the topic you're talking about or not, um, there seems to be this lessening of respect for people who have really specific expertise. And we don't give those people more credit than, you know, Joe Schmo Google over here who's saying the opposite. We somehow are seeing them as having equally valid information, Um, but they don't.
1: I think that, I think that it's just like you were saying earlier, like, you know, it's funny, critical thinking, like when, when, when it comes to dealing with these children, like with your job, for example, um, as a doctor, why, why isn't that something that we as a society, like, you know, like, cause that I, I, is obviously this is, is a true statement when it, you know, most people like the, the learned behavior, especially when it comes to bad mental habits and whatnot, is, is stuff that they brought from their childhood. Right. It's like, like from what I've, any therapist that I've talked to has been like always trying to reach down into my childhood, you know, because like for some reason that's where a lot of this issues and problems stem from as an adult is being, you know, in your, right. in your childhood or whatnot. I mean, is that, correct i mean in your experience i mean for the
2: for the most i mean it depends <laughs> i'm a psychologist right so yeah. i'm always going to say it depends <laughs> but but yes i mean for a good majority of people struggling psychologically as an adult you'll definitely kind of yeah. look back but there but there's other orientations that say i don't care right now about your childhood because i want to focus on here and now and only kind of target that and and that's okay for some issues, yeah. um, but for others, it's not adequate. But yeah, to, yeah. There's something, if there's
0: something in your past that's haunting you, you need to deal with it, right?
1: Trauma. Right. But yeah. that, doesn't, right. that
0: doesn't mean that everything. It, it not every tool requires a hammer to fix it, right? I mean, right. I mean, know, you're did, going to notice why, why a lot don't of contractor kind of references from me, probably. So, did, <laughs> why
1: why don't we teach as a society our children like this idea of critical thinking? And there's a difference between you know, being a complete pessimist or someone who's just like, no, this is, I'm not going to believe it unless I see all, you know, and, and then like kind of thinking about something and be like, Hmm, I don't know. This uh, Is this what's going on here? And then like this kind of like, you know, process, you know, I, I just, it, I, I've always been confused on how we teach our children and shit like that. I just, it's just weird. It's weird to me what we decide to teach our kids. Uh. Yeah. So, I
2: mean, the people who decide what to teach are. Kids are unfortunately um, politicians yeah. that are <laughs> up in Tallahassee yeah. um, and not really child focused or oriented. We really, as a society, don't actually invest all that much in our children, unfortunately. And I'm just saying that as somebody who's been in pediatrics for, you know, two and a half decades. Yeah. And it's just, it's abysmal to me how it's because it's being proactive, right? Yeah. You're investing in the future. Um, and we don't do that a lot. We don't do that with the environment. We don't do that. You know, we're not proactive. We're reactive. We're, we're, we put our money, but Especially yeah, in the state, so it, yeah.
0: yeah, and and plus the, the school system it's just by its nature. Uh, and you know, I'm a big fan of the public school system. I just am. I I, I think that's I think it's
2: necessary for our democracy. I think yeah, that's public education. Ah, we have to have
0: this. And I, I I I'm not a fan of the private school system and you know, all this other stuff that's going on. Uh, mainly because schools, I think that right. that's how you learn to be a functioning human being in this society is by contributing to and being a part of it. Yes. And 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 when you when you segregate yourself out from the rest of the the planet because of whatever reason, it's not a good thing for. It may be a good thing for you at that moment in time, but it's not a good thing for you as a developing person because that's where a lot of I think preconceived notions, prejudices come from. Is from that seclusion that we have. So, um, to the to the point of what you what you do for a living, I think is just is try to help people, right? I mean, it's not it's yeah, not observational. It's really you're not doing it for fun. It's just there's you're actually you know trying to help people. How much of that? How much can we self heal? I've always been curious about. You know, I know that the brain by itself, as part of it, is hurt and damaged. It can, I don't know, what do we call it? Reroute, rechannel. Uh, it can find different pathways and stuff like that. How, how much can we, rather, matrix-like? How, how much control do we really have of that? I know that in certain issues, you try to tell people, you know, if you're depressed, it's, you know, it's not your fault. You can't just undepress yourself. Right. But how much, how much control do you think we really have as humans on how we, how we help ourselves in that regard?
2: Well, do you mean help ourselves without the help of other people, too?
0: Oh, the, the good point. I, well, I, I would say in combination <laughs> with other people. I mean, I, yeah. mean okay. uh, uh, with a, I don't mean help ourselves in a secluded place. I mean by right. the encouragement of others and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. and what, I, what I always go back to is that I, I had taken, as everybody does, everybody takes a psychology class somewhere in their life. And I was fortunate enough to take one from Dr. Fordyce. And Dr. Fordyce, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, he came up with the 14 Fundamentals. Uh, The class was a happiness class. He did this study of happiness Uh, in the the spirit of Democritus. He was one of the, I think it was in 1998 or something that he did this study. And what he did, he thought, well, you know what, Uh, how do you become happy? I'm going to study happy people and see what their habits are and, and see what that is. So that was his theory, was that after he came up with these 14 fundamentals of how, or the way people, happy people, what do they do? What are the things that they do? And so in his theory was, if you act like a happy person, if you do the same thing that happy people do, you'll be happier. And he's kind of <laughs> right you know because it
2: for 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 typical people not necessarily yes,
0: for de- yes.
2: people with clinical depression it's a different it's a yeah. different
0: thing altogether but i think yeah. for the for the average person you know right. it's probably a good guideline and and that's good for you to point out is it because but i think the antithesis to that would be like if you want to become a depressed person why don't you adopt the habits of depressing people oh uh,
2: uh, yeah that and that's works so great. much easier to do <laughs> oh yeah quickly and quickly yeah. too all
0: you need to be is <laughs> yeah. is exposed to as a psychologist, like, uh-huh. you know, well, it's, it's the same, yeah.
2: right. It's the same thing with raising kids. You know, you can really easily mess them up. <laughs> it, it, it takes hardly any effort at all to really, you know, teach them how not to function well, mm. but it takes an enormous amount of effort to get them to be healthy and psychologically healthy and, and well-functioning. Yeah. So it's
1: interesting uh, about that. What I'm just curious. So about what you do personally, what, what, I have I have an eight year old. Why would I bring him to see you? what What is what would be the reasoning I'd be bringing him to a, a neuro a child neuro or, or a pediatric maybe, help you out here. Or maybe when when
0: what's the sign of I should right?
2: <laughs> so t- I, right. So typically, you know, the referral happens to me when kids are struggling for, and there's a various reasons why they could be struggling. You know, maybe they're struggling with certain subjects in school, or maybe they're struggling to. Um, self-regulate in school and just be able to pay attention and and do the behaviors that they need to do. maybe they're struggling socially um, or maybe they have a medical condition Mm -hmm. um, and they want to make sure that it's not affecting them their cognition um, or their or their psychological functioning so there you know there's quite a few reasons but typically by the time kids get to me there's I don't typically see a lot of kids that it's like, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, if we're doing, I do a whole day evaluation. Mm -hmm. I look at um, all different areas of cognitive functioning, behavioral, emotional, um, intelligence, academic performance. Um, and so it's a pretty in-depth evaluation, and you're going to know by the end of it kind of what the next steps are. Yeah. Like, it's it's where I know my kid needs treatment. I don't know exactly what, so let's do something thorough and make sure we get you in the right do you direction. work with
1: these children for a long time, or is it a, just like a couple of month thing, or is it like you're with the same kids for a long time?
2: It depends. So some parents will come back to me a few years later and say, hey, you know what, I, I want to do this again because we, we took care of some issues, but we have another few ones creeping up. And so you know there's different uh stages of development in childhood and so the evaluation that i did for Johnny in kindergarten um is not really going to be relevant when he's in 5th grade and the one in 5th grade's not going to be that relevant for when he's going heading off to college yeah. and making those decisions so um sometimes i will see the same um child from you know toddler all the way up to
1: yeah.
2: college as as,
1: as a neuropsychiatrist, psychiatrist right not psychologist. So, as a neuropsychologist, yeah. I always get. Them. <laughs> um, do you mainly use medication to treat these no. mental issues, or do you also use therapy too as a psych, as, as the psych so, part of it?
2: Psychiatry would be the medication part. Okay. Psychology is more the um, you know treatment, environmental treatment, therapy, um, therapy, therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so your doctorate is in the neural part of it, not the because you would be if you were a doctor at that. Because
2: we're trained first as psychologists, okay. so we've done all the therapy rotations. You know, we we have to be competent as a psychologist. Uh-huh. But then I had to take that and say, but I want to concentrate on this concept of assessing um, like brain behavior relationships, and then once you get good at that they always usually start you off at adults because adults are easier. And then they say, okay, now I want to further specialize and bring this down to kids and learn how to do this in a child population and focus on the development. Um, so it's, I'm in a like ridiculously specialized part of psychology, but they, they do try to give you the the foundations, the fundamentals first mm-hmm. before they specialize you.
0: Hmm. Cool. But, it, but, it, is, but it is right to the point. I mean, I think that to a great extent, maybe I can see why psychology would be on its own, but, you know, it is about the brain. Uh, it, you know, that's where that's where the source is. And if there is a problem, it's probably there. Uh, whatever caused it to be like that could be in, internal damage coming out or external damage coming in of whatever kind. So now I think that it's it's really cool that you do what you do and that the the science has developed into that. Um, um, Do you, do you, uh, do you see that, you know, that question? I mean, when Nick was referring to that, it was kind of reminds me of as a child, you don't have the ability to answer the question. Is this something that affects your day-to-day life? Well, you don't know because this is your day-to-day life.
2: The kids don't know. They think that this is, is, this is,
0: and I, as, as a, as a, you know, from the year of eight years old, I had horrible anxiety, horrible anxiety. But I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know what I was feeling uh, or what it was. And when you would try to explain it to, well, oh, this is back in the dark ages. This is back in the uh, 60s, maybe early 60s. When you would try to explain it to your parent or adult, they'd be like, what? Ugh. Oh, don't worry. If it makes you feel any better, there's no insanity in our family, and you'd be like, "Sweep oh, it
2: under the rug." What
0: the hell? You know, so a lot um, of denial going yeah, it on wasn't back until, then. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't until I was in my, I, I was eighteen or so that a, a family doctor uh, put his finger on and said, "Well, that's anxiety." I'm like, "Oh, what do we do for that?" Well, you know, right, take one of these. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, and it helped, which was great, because because you knew then, oh, shoot, that's, that's not how I'm going to be forever, right? Maybe right. forever, but, but at least there's right. something that will help, you know, so. Um, yeah, so and, and I imagine that that is so difficult when a, a child can't articulate that. And as parents, you know, we, we can only notice behavior, right? I mean, a child manifests like everything in behavior, right? I mean, I guess.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, and part of my evaluation is going beyond that and going to the schools and you know trying to figure out how they're functioning in the classroom and how they're functioning at home. And you know, you're you're kind of like playing detective. Like, let me get all these pieces together, get a good picture of this child's life, so I can tell, okay, yeah, you know, this is a significant concern and something that needs to be treated in this direction. When you decide, it, when you
1: decide so. a treatment, what do you usually? is there kind of like an outline that you kind of use and then you kind of cherry pick and then kind of formulate something a little bit more refined for a child or, or are you just kind of like, yeah, just winging it like, Oh shit, I think this is what we should do. I don't know. (laughs) know She's making it (laughs) up. I don't know. I know nothing about this stuff. So I don't know what, what the process is.
2: Right. I'm always reading and educating myself continually about, you know, kind of what's, The -the state-of-the-art treatment for ADHD or dyslexia or um, any of the other myriad conditions I see, autism. Um, But, you know, typically, to me, the the art of it is not overwhelming the parents Mm -hmm. um, because I know a lot of people that will just say, well, here is the 50 things you need to do with this diagnosis that your child now has. And Parents are overwhelmed and they don't do any of it yeah. because it's yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah. And so I really try to just say, you know, these are the first two, three steps, you know, there's some other stuff you can read about that later, but I want you to do these two or three things first. Um, and then it, once you've got that down under control, if you want to come back and ask more questions or consult or see what to do next or read this book or Further guidance, you know, but I really do try to keep them manageable, so not to as not to overwhelm the parent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, the thing that fascinates me about the medical field in general, uh, including psychology, um, um, is is the detective part of it. I, I find that fascinating because it's uh, it's it's one thing for somebody to come in and say, "Hey, you know, I eh, I got this thing has been bothering me, da da, da 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 whatever." You know, you go to your doctor and. And he's like, and he notices some, he or she notices something else that that you didn't. To me, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, and uh, my, currently my doctor here said something to me that I thought was funny. He says, Well, uh, he, I was talking to him about it. And then he, he stood up and he gets up to, you know, give me an examination or whatever. He says, Well, like my, uh, like I learned back in college, when all else fails, look at the patient. <laughs> You know, look at the patient. Yeah, I'm like, okay, right. that's cool. So I think it's that's got to be a really gratifying part of that is to, you know, in, as a patient, of, you know, it's great to have somebody who actually is paying a t- attention, not to just what you're saying, yeah. but how you're saying it and who you are in your life. And, you know, I mean, uh, especially, you know, when you get into your, you know, late 60s and stuff like that. Somebody just kind of just puts you right in that box. It's like, I think it's back being an eight-year-old again. Ah, you're an eight-year-old, so here's your box of problems. Right? Uh. Here's your box of problems. And if you have, if I identify that one, here's what caused it by. And there's a lot of that around. And when you be at any age of your life, you know, there's always this, OK, where are you at? Oh, he's a he's a white male. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Boom. There you go. Right, and, right. and I know you have to have that as just part of. We all need to have that to survive to to make decision making process because you got to start somewhere. But
2: yeah, I mean categorizing things is yeah. how we kind of keep all that data in our heads. At, at the same time, it can be a disservice when you have a young female in the ER and guys of a heart attack because we don't put her in the heart attack box and yeah. she's only 32. Exactly. Um So you know and, and doctors are aware of that those kinds of things too so you're you know you're juggling all of that yeah. I think for sure. Yeah.
0: And in your field it's got to be especially nuanced because I mean let's face it I mean people as simple as we are we're complex. I think our behaviors Very. are really complex and nuanced and it's just it's it's just doesn't very. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a real challenge sometimes. Yeah. I wanted
1: to get yeah, you... The, oh, go the, yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm
1: sorry. No, no, I was
2: just going to say the challenge is I am diagnosing, right? So I am giving a label and a category, but I still want them to understand their own individual uniqueness and, you know, their own individual strengths and weaknesses within that, you know, di- and the reason why we diagnose is just so we know what treatment yeah. will work the best because of the studies that show that, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people struggle with that kind of. Oh, I don't want to be late. You know, I don't want my child to be labeled and you know.
0: Well, and there, but there's but there's also comfort in that too. Uh, yeah. The, the, the one thing worse than that is not knowing, because I mean, yes, the not knowing. Yeah, you internalize it yes. and you think, you know, yeah. there is something wrong with me. What is it? And then once they go, oh, it's this, then you go kind of like, oh, okay, well I can deal at with least that. I know. You know? And, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, do you think anyway. as like compared to what we're talking about when we we brought up do you, uh, <laughs> do you fear for the future? Do you think we're just going to keep getting worse or do you think this is a part of the human condition that we've always done where some people are pushing this progressive like the like with, uh, like Jim Jeffries like we quoted on here the progressive train, you know, forward uh, sl- slowly chugging along while all these idiots or if if that's what you want to call them our naysayers are preventing us from. Do you think it's it is because I feel like the social I mean, media I part th- of it making it worse now too?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. I th- I, th- I think that's the okay. So if you step back and take a really uh, broad perspective of human evolution, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can see that we've evolved. Um, At the same time, there's this weird um, kind of speeding up of our evolution. Like, so we went from a population of 3 billion 100 years ago, and now we're like 8 billion. Um, And and then the technology has uh, rapidly advanced. And so I think that the fear is that the changes are too fast for us to manage. And what is that going to look like now that we do have the power to, you know, blow up the planet in a nuclear holocaust Mm -hmm. or um, destroy it with global warming? And, um, you know, it's easy to get sucked into that fear. It's not in my need. Like, I work very hard to always keep a very positive perspective on things. And so... I'm always looking for the good. And and of course, those thoughts come to me and, you know, I get upset about them. But I also then reframe in my mind and and say, okay, well, let me look for the good and let me focus on that. And um, because I do believe that part of having a healthy lifestyle is looking, not focusing so much on the scary parts and the negative. Um, So it's something I, I do, but I work actively not to let it overwhelm me, I guess.
1: Gotcha.
0: I believe that's number eight on Doctor Fordyce's list. Let me see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I went, well, done. Something well done. done. I, I did. I did want to ask you about before we get too far along here, and it's it's been kind of important to me because I don't. I, I've seen you post something on Facebook about it. Steph, Steph did my wife, and she read a book on attachment theory, and like I, I she kind of explained it to me, and I was like, eh, it sounds like you know, like astrology or some shit, you know, it doesn't sound like it's like something that's (laughs) fucking real. Like, look, stop it. You're going to put this, everybody in three categories of yada, yada. And then I was thinking harder on it. And you were talking about twins and genetically the differences and this and that, but Neil and I have one thing that we are different with. If we, if you, I mean, do you believe, are you into the whole attachment theory thing? Do you know, do you know about that? I mean, I'm aware of it. Yeah. um, Sure. So for example, Neil and I have trauma in our youth, um, of abandonment because, you know, our, our mother left when we were like one and then our stepmother who had come in for a little while had, you know, we got close to and there were some things going on there and then she left. And so it developed these kind of problems with us, you know, like I was talking about childhood traumas kind of pushing you and who you are as an adult. Well, if, if you were into attachment theory, there's avoidant, you know, secure and, um, uh, anxious, right? And I know that, yep. that people don't fall. Anxious, avoidant. Yeah. Yep. And so, yep. but I've always dealt as, even though we have the same exact upbringing, we're twins, we're genetically identical. I've developed uh, with my trauma and through relationships on the more avoidant kind of aspect of it. And then Neil is completely anxious on the other side. So he needs these like yeah. constant uh, kind of Oh, reassurances from his relationships and uh, whether they be family members or, and then me on the other aspect, I'm just kind of like, oh, I have this kind of, so we've both dealt with that trauma completely different. And I, I'm just curious yeah. what you're... I
2: mean, genes don't do a very good job of describing how people are going to respond to trauma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I mean, to a small degree and, you know... It, you know, it's, it's complex and attach of all the things like that attachment period, especially in the first year of, you know, year and a half of life is the most complex, I think, and the least understood. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we know enough to know how important it is, how vital it is, um, for secure attachment, um, to occur. And, um, obviously that can't always happen, but it's, um, It's something that needs a lot, a lot more
1: study. Oh, so it does need some more study on, I mean, is this like a legit theory though, the whole attachment theory?
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, there's definitely a lot of evidence to show, um, you know, support for some of those. I don't know. I mean, the three cat, that's a little bit.
1: That's what I was saying. I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, she was saying in the book that it describes like more, you know, like mostly is what they're, they're generalizing mostly. I mean, a person can be. You know, mostly avoidant and have like anxious or secure moments, you know, and stuff like that, whatever. But they were generalizing kind of technically with that.
0: Well, but I understand why you would lump it in there with astrology a little bit, because it it, makes kind of the same mistake in in making these generalizations where everybody, when you read it, you go, wow, that's me. That's me. That's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, I recognize Well, everybody does because we're human. We we all have we all have the same feelings and and fears we, we basically do it they're all none of them are completely unique and alien to us you know uh, right we've all had something go on so um, I don't I don't know I mean it's a it it is
2: that's like when you're studying psychology and you're reading about all these different disorders and every time you read a chapter you're like oh maybe I'm that maybe I'm that because you can always relate to part of it. Mm. Um, it's the human experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And I think that that's when I start thinking about you know start doomsdaying it. Um, something that that you know you you just take a look backwards. I think you can start going back and back and back. Holy moly! And then Nick and I we've had this conversation on this show before. It was grim. I mean, it, 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 human beings have been through some horrible, horrific things, mainly because of what yeah. we how we treat each other. This isn't yes. new. I mean, it is it is new, right. but it, it is kind of the same affliction. We're just not nice to each other. And we, we learn to demonize each other and, um, you know, and, and dehumanize people that we don't agree with. Because that's what we got to do in order to to defeat something or somebody. You've got to dehumanize them. That's the and right. everyone. Everyone is guilty of it from from a little bit to a whole lot. And so you go back to the. You know, you know, the Neanderthal, yeah, drop a drop a box of ak47s over to them and see what they do. see what they were able to right. accomplish. You know the technology is that little sousantthe of stuff that's sprinkled on it that's not helping in that regard, but i th- I still have hope that you know something somewhere will unify us to the point where maybe maybe you know being kinder being a better person becomes more of a priority than becoming a richer person um right. somewhere somewhere i think that if we're like viruses and that our goal is to survive we we have to figure it out and and we will because that's Right. That's well,
2: and, and Roddenberry, uh, Gene Roddenberry's hypothesis <laughs> is that we'll figure that out when we discover alien life. And so then it reunites us all. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we have another out group, basically. We
0: have another. Uh, so you love the out. movie Contact, too, right? We love the movie Contact, too, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a huge TNG
0: fan. Yeah, yeah, You're a TNG absolutely,
1: fan. Right? Uh, what, what, who's your favorite character?
2: Uh oh, it's kind of cliche, but probably Data.
1: Oh, oh. I thought you were going to say Deanna, but okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Data
0: is my wife's favorite
1: character. Well, too, oh my so god, did uh, you see
0: the new the the fire for the new Picard coming out?
1: Yeah. Uh, it looks oh so my god, good. does
2: it look good? It so amazing! Q's back yeah, man, and cute. Q- I just, yeah.
1: I, I kind of wish they weren't doing that whole back in time thing and the t- changing everything. It's like
2: they do overuse the time travel. Nah, can way we just fucking right? yeah. have a can universe? Bad. Can
1: we just have a Star Wars? It's universe a go to. That's or a, a go to.
0: They're kind of like, ah, oh, what do we do now? Let's go back in time. <laughs> right, yeah. like there's something really interesting about what's going on right now. Mm. Now <laughs> yeah, your no, time uh, is better. Yeah. No, we're more interested in your time than ours. Please, please take us away. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we want to escape. Why are you bringing us back to the 21st century? <laughs> like, who thought that was a good idea? Uh, anyway, yeah.
2: that I guess great. it's
0: easier to set, make the set, right? <laughs> okay, we're filming yes, now
2: for sure. Now. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, well. if so if you, if you I want would... to talk
0: about your problems, Robin. Let's talk about your problems and your troubles. So, your husband. Uh, how do you deal with the memes? How do you deal with all those oh memes? Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> A lot of eye rolls <laughs> go on in the family. Do your eye,
0: does your head just kind of start hurting? Your eyeballs hurt from the, like, uh
2: Right. Well, then and then Rob blames me because now my daughter, who's turning 12 next month, has inherited the eye rolls. Oh, boy. Um, towards him. And she's like, he's like, she only does it because she sees you.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Is that, is that it. true, Dr. Rob? Did you give him that? <laughs> oh, really, Doctor? <laughs> you gotta keep that like, on the shelf, like don't you? Do you gotta bad. keep that on yeah. the shelf, right? Oh, oh is right, that is right. that true, Doctor? No. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, well, good. Nick, did you know they've been married for 18 years? Uh I did not. I, I thought not. that means she got married when she was six. Holy crap. Oh, oh that's my so god.
2: Sweet.
0: What the hell? <laughs> I know, I know. Rob. Ugh. Too many Christmas. Got one of those, it's a child marriage, a child marriage. It was arranged. One of those arranged marriages. (laughs) I
2: I was 22 when we met. Oh, no kidding. Um, And 26 when we got married, yeah.
0: Oh, Oh, for four years. You waited for four years, huh? Yeah. You made him work for it. All right, that's good for you.
2: We were poor grad students, so it was what more
1: is, you, They always make movies that. about that, about two doctors mm-hmm. going into a relationship together and starting a family. And every time they do that, like one person has to give up their career. But both you guys still became doctors. Both you guys continued your career, yeah. and you had kids. And I mean, How did you make that work? That's crazy. Well,
2: we didn't have kids until <laughs> much later. <laughs> <Okay>. we, <laughs> we were, um, let's see. 2009. So it was 10 years almost to the day after we met that we had our first daughter.
1: Gotcha.
0: Oh, so so you guys knew better when you had kids. So I did,
2: I knew. You know better that than I was going to have to be the you one to sacrifice. You guys knew better
0: than to, you know, we, you oh. better than like to have kids. And you did. I tell it anyway. everybody,
1: man, having, uh, <laughs> uh, having my son at 36 versus having kids in your early 20s or late teens, fucking night and day. <laughs> Don't ever have yeah. kids until you're in your 30s. Because just the way yeah. you think about life, the way you, where you're at usually in life in your 30s versus your 20s is fucking night and day. Night and day. Yeah. I don't have kids in your 20s.
2: I was way too selfish in my 20s anyway right. to have kids. You have to have the incredibly selfless um, to to raise kids well. So mm-hmm. you I, you need that maturity. I mean, some people have it, but I just... Didn't. Uh, I'm an only child,
0: unfortunately. So. I have. A, a, or <laughs> I'll say had. I have. I was gonna say I have a friend. I had a friend. <laughs> He's still a friend, but we don't hang out anymore because he had kids when he was sixty. He. Sixty. Th- yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like sixty. Six zero. And guess what? He had triplets. <gasps> triplets. Oh my god. So we don't hang out anymore. I'm sorry. Like, I Love you, dude. Goodbye.
2: Were these were these his first children, or had he already had children and this was like a second first children. set? First children. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, How old is uh, his wife? And, uh, yeah, he, he was such a good guy. How old he, is his wife? How old is Rest his wife? In peace. How old is his I wife? think she I think she was like she was in her early to mid forties when she had him. Oof. Yeah, she of course she, she had doctor's help to you know have the kids and that's why the where the triplets came from it worked really well sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes when that works it works so right yeah uh, it seems so, like- so so yeah and he's still a really great guy funny sense of humor and everything like this but you know what, what, uh, it's what, what so I, me in my 60s uh, i got selfish again i mean
1: yeah, wait, I'm already wait. Heading I that
0: got way. selfish when Nick and Neil. Yeah, left you got selfish in your 60s? 18, 19 years old. I'm like, no, I was selfish. <laughs> I was selfish when they were growing up. <laughs> uh, only only about food time, uh, no, not anything. Anyway. <laughs> just everything. I know. Well. I I did okay. Look at that fine figure of a man there. I'm I made that <laughs> mess right there.
2: <laughs> and two of them. Two of them. They're <laughs> no less. Yeah. Two yeah. At the same time. I know.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a. That was a. It, that was it. when I think back about that experience, especially when I was raising them by myself, which was eh, predominantly most of the time. Uh, holy moly! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I I just yeah. think about. Uh, yeah, it's hard to. It's, like a blur. it's hard. no, it is a blur. It is a blur, and it's just just like. A different lifetime ago i don't know yeah i don't know almost literally a different lifetime ago so but anyway but it's great that we, we talk about that a lot uh nick and i about uh how i interacted with my parents how he interacted with me and his, his mom everything like that and, and at that point when you you're not your your parent isn't just a parent he's an actual human being or or you see them as no, oh, that, oh, that guy, you know, instead of just it doesn't hold all that dad or parent or mom stuff. It's just here. My yeah. turn. You know what I mean? I mean, I, right. I, I don't even I'm not even referring to it as the right thing, but it's more of a it's where your your, your relationship where your parent evolves to where they're not dad, dad. It's just, you know,
2: somebody yeah. you can relate
0: right. to. So,
2: yes, which is nice. Yeah.
0: Your, your parents still uh, still around and stuff like that?
2: Uh, my dad died about twenty years ago, but my mom is still
0: oh. here. Her is she? Dad, is she near? So. Or, or
2: yeah, she's. It, we actually just moved. We we've been living down the street from her for since I don't know two thousand five, and um, we just moved across town, and so she's having a hard time with it. Oh. That we're thirty minutes away instead of two minutes away, but.
0: And do you have brothers and sisters she, and stuff, or? No, oh. no,
2: I'm an only. child. Oh, no, you're an only
0: child. Oh, I'd be darned. Yeah, I bet you, you and your yeah. mom are probably really close, huh? Yeah, that's cool. Very much. So. Yeah, my wife was is was really close with her mom too. So, and she always she always likes to say that, uh, you know, that when she was a teenager, she's like, I don't know why my or now she says, I don't know why my mom can stand me because I put her through hell, you know. So,
2: yeah, so. <laughs> I was actually a pretty good. I mean, she might say teenage wise, I was a little rebellious, but I was like a really well behaved like model student and um i was just an easy kid and it's and, and everybody says that she says it too and it's just funny because i didn't get blessed with the easy kids i get blessed <laughs> the <laughs> spirited wonderful but vivacious and
0: um that's great, kid, spin, so. great spin great spin Great spin. That that, that working on the positive side of stuff is, it's working well for you. It's working well. It
2: really is a blessing. It is such a blessing um, because I feel like I do so much better of a job helping other parents with their kids because I'm living it. Um, And so I'm actually grateful for the hard work. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know if it makes me love them more, but I certainly feel like that. Um, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure it loves them just
0: as much as they were well behaved. It allows you to recognize it how much you love them. Okay, I'll hear that. Oh, oh my that god, that was my gift to you. <laughs> yeah, it, it allows you to see how much you love them. Yeah, yeah, right,
1: yeah. right, uh, well, have, yeah. But I it's it's got to be tough
0: doing all that at once. I got to tell you.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I have another question for you before we 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 get off on here with you. My my son's eight. Sure. Okay, and this is a genetic yeah. thing that. It, my whole family seems to have suffered from is ADHD, and I I took medication for it when I was a child, which did fucking diddly squat for me. And I I didn't I didn't. Oh, well,
2: it's just when you were a child, it would have just been Ritalin, like just came out.
1: Ritalin, yeah, they just that's, all, that's the all there was. Hey, yeah, he's really hyper. Let's make him more hyper. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So, but yeah, and 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 I I took it into my adult life, and I now still suffer immensely because for me, my, my, my ADHD is like tunnel vision and it's this white noise around me, except for what I'm focusing on. So, I mean, just simple tasks like walking and texting are in fucking possible for me. I cannot do both of them. I have to stop walking, text a little bit, (laughs) start walking some more, stop, text. And, you know, I see my kids having the same problems that I was having as a child growing up. So what, you know, I heard you talk that you treat, you know, sometimes children with ADHD and or, you know, whatever they call it now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the terms are for everything or even <laughs> I'm just throwing out yeah. there what this is. I think I've had issues with, you know, focusing. Um, my son, Ronan, who's eight now, is having the same issues. Uh, and he's super smart. He's good in school. Um, he's just, he, he kind of, and, and I find that it's when, when we get bored. It's when we get bored. It's like, yeah. wow. You know, we're somewhere else. And so now he's kind of going through those issues. Is there any advice that you can give to to me and other parents as far as, like, you know, simple things that we can do to try and... Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's... So what you're describing is um, common. It's called activation arousal needs. And so basically, in order for your attention system to be properly engaged... You require a certain level of stimulation or challenge from the environment, and then you can engage. But if it's a very boring environment, <laughs> you can't. It can't activate that attention system the way you need it to.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And so you know, and and
0: <laughs> you're <left>. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, we'll tell you. We'll tell you the story afterwards. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. He's got a story.
2: So, so there's, so, so some kids will create an activating environment, right? They'll create stimulation and chaos and confusion and and activity just to kind of like get regulation in their attention system so they have something Hmm. to attend to in their environment. Um, But, you know, there is a skill that, you know, of, so so when you're developing your attention, you really are developing it in these kinds of boring, non-stimulating environments, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to uh, improve attention with a video game because that is literally grabbing your attention. It's doing the job for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there's some things um, aside from medication, which has been greatly advanced okay. <laughs> in the past few <laughs> decades for sure. <laughs> but, but in addition, but I don't think, but I don't think it's a panacea either. It is, it is the number one, most effective treatment, but that doesn't mean that it is the only treatment or a, even a necessary one um especially if the symptoms are not having a huge impact on socialization and academics. Um, I typically only will even recommend medication if there's impact in one of those two areas. If there's not, um, then there's um, meditation practice actually helps quite a bit. You would think like, Oh, an eight year old can't really meditate, but they are, there are child friendly ways mm-hmm. to teach mindfulness meditation um, to children um, that can be, very effective and then um there's you know obviously uh keeping circadian schedules consistent is like super important for Mm. kids with adhd so like consistent bedtimes consistent wake times seven days a week like really getting those kind of really consistent yeah
1: we weren't i Um, mean yeah I, i would say that that our household growing up we. My dad was always on one of those kinds of, you know, schedules. But Neil and I never. We were always really bad at that, you know. And yeah,
0: there was something. There was something you, you couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, couldn't knock you unconscious. I mean, they. they. Yeah, that. No,
2: yes. You, so kids with ADHD have a really hard time yeah.
0: falling asleep. Yeah, I still <laughs> have a, they have had a kind really of a, hard time a, falling asleep. A really vampireish yeah. schedule. You know, they. Yeah. The sun yeah. started rising. They went to sleep.
2: Right, right. My, my kids, they take medicine to help them fall asleep. It's ADHD medicine, but it's um, not a stimulant. And so um, they wouldn't, there was one night where Rob and I accidentally fell asleep. It was like in the summer sometime. I fell asleep on the couch and we woke up and it was 1.45 in the morning. And our two kids are in the bedroom playing together. Just playing. Like not even remotely tired. Not even a little bit.
1: Hmm. What
0: you what so, you just described? What you went through? I call that every night of the week. I yeah, fall asleep yeah. on the couch, know, wake up one thirty in the morning. Except there's no kids playing in my house, All right, which is just, cool. Was like, my do- my dog, my dog is sitting there looking what? at me, but that's about it. Yeah.
2: Oh my uh, God. And you know they, there's also I, night shit. like so some people with their circadian rhythms are just not and has nothing to do with ADHD or just naturally shifted late too. so you're probably I, I, am, I am
1: shifted late. I mean, i i I go yeah. to bed yeah. at like oh, between three thirty and five in the morning, and I even if I have to be up for something or I have waken up early that that day, I'm exhausted, but my body refuses to let me go to sleep until it's that time. And then I get the best sleep of my life between like nine and one in the afternoon. Like that, for some reason, that's just like this really hibernating schedule for me. And I've never been able to break it ever.
2: Yeah. Well, you might want to read a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, It is such an excellent book on sleep. And... Can kind of help walk you through how to, because that does, even though, yeah, you get your best sleep and um it's, and you might have a lifestyle that's conducive. Although if you have kids, maybe not. It's hard because we split condu- the kids to, uh, We yeah. split them
1: up. Um, so when he's here, it's hard. It's hard on me. Uh, I don't yeah. get a lot of sleep when he's here. so
2: Right. So there's strategy. Anyway, just read the book because there's strategies in there about how you can get that a little bit more um, regulated because that does, it is. Shown that that will, um, ex- that's the word I'm looking for, not accentuate your system, but make your symptoms what your any ADHD symptoms that you're having mm-hmm. will be worse.
0: Exacerbate,
2: exacerbate. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> I had to look that one up in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the Reader's Digest. I'm like, <laughs> I know it from Shaun of the Dead, yeah. but you know,
0: whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is because oh. <laughs> he goes, because I don't know if you guys know that movie.
0: No, the story that uh, Nick and I, the the famous uh, parental story for me is that I get called to the, as yet another uh, parent conference uh, in, uh, what were you, like eight? I think you were eight. You were in Spring Creek Elementary, right? Yeah, Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. Yeah, Spring Creek (laughs) (laughs) Elementary. But Nick loves this story. You can tell. But (laughs) anyway, so so so, anyway, they had, to their discredit, put Nick and Neil in the same class. Together. Uh, So I didn't do that. You know, it was them. So I'm, of course, I come in and I'm like, so what's going on? And the teacher, she's, which I decided. I don't
1: mean to interrupt you, but they should have put us in there. We we would have done so much better (laughs) had we been able to stick up for each other, have that fucking safety net, and be able to grow. Uh, if we had been able to be in the same goddamn classes together,
2: they usually they nowadays they usually put twins in the same uh-huh. class unless the parent says they don't want them in the same class. They're they're putting twins together now, which when I was growing up was the exact opposite. They would never put them uh-huh. together. It's crazy.
0: Well, anyway, so re- regardless, well. they were doing horribly together. So so, so anyway, so they cars. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this this poor teacher and God bless him just venting is what she was doing. And she was like, oh, you know, and they come in here and I put the paper down in front of them, you know, and, and you know, and they just start drawing. And it was just, you know, something like this. And of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm, as a parent, I'm well aware of what they do. I mean, they're my kids, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I'm but I'm trying, you know, and and so she's going through and she goes through this whole thing and this monologue, it seemed like to me, 10 minutes long or, whatever. And they, they keep going on this and that. And then I can't get through to them and they won't pay attention and and this and that. And, and she, and then she stopped and then she goes, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was, it was sincere. I was like, and so she was kind of like, get get out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you can, that's why. So yeah, they, they come about it, you know, honestly. But,
2: yeah, it's 80, uh, yeah. It's The genetic loading for ADHD is, like, off the charts. Yeah,
0: you know, and uh, at the same time, I think, again, going down the spectrum thing, you know, call it what you want it, but if if I'm interested in something, I am so focused, I mean, and uh-huh. that's the positive side of this thing. Yeah. You're focused. You're focused, it, and it's a guy thing too. I think I would separate it. I think women are so much better at multitasking and being able to do two or three different things. No right. question. I you I don't know if that's scientific or not, but I think there's no question that in general. It, it, yeah, I, I would say a generalization. It's not true all the time, but you know. And with me, right? But it's <laughs> if I'm watching TV and somebody's talking to me, can't hear them. Yeah. If I'm on the phone talking to somebody and somebody says something, my my wife s- tries yeah. to say something. I'm like, I whoa, stop! And my wife right. can hear three conversations at once, and I yeah. I have a hard time with one. And I, right. I don't know that that's ADHD, but I I just just think it's just I I think some people are particularly more talented when it comes to multitasking than others, you know. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I think that uh, I think that sometimes I think I, I don't know but I think that that kids if our school system and it's hard to teach how many million different kids a million different ways but I think that I think a lot about that maybe montessori kind of a of a thought that you know what you find out what kids are good at and you let them do that yeah uh, you encourage he that. He
2: definitely you definitely that's like the most important part usually of my evaluation is to, you know, I'm giving advice on how to help remediate some of the weaknesses, but I always kind of say, all right, but let's, what's even more important is to develop their strengths. Yeah. Um, it's just the most important thing for their success for their long term success. So
1: I should yeah, find what, what Ronan's yeah. things are, his strengths and kinda Or at of least what him. he
2: lot like. And if he right, I mean he's young, right? So that might not stand. I have out, to get him but- off the
1: I noticed there's a huge difference in him and his level of attention and his attitude if he's not on the goddamn fucking YouTube watching videos all god. That's what he wants to mm, do, yeah. obviously, with kids, you yeah. know. Yeah. The,
2: we de- we we did that um with our son recently. We just said it's done, it's over, it's not like we're taking it away. Like it's done.
1: I might have to do the same. <laughs> and there's thing.
2: been a huge and there's been a huge huge improvement. We've seen huge improvements in his level of engagement and behavior and um you know, I mean, he's not perfect by any yeah. means, but it made a difference. It really did. Well, I, we were trying to, We were trying to put limits on it, right? Like, well, yeah. you can do it, but for a short amount of time because, you know, the the American Medical Association recommends this amount of hours and then um but it, it, it's a battle and even just that small amount was not good yeah, I, and I, then I, it turned into
1: the stuff thinks the same thing she's like let's just stop it completely he just needs not there's no reason it's not yeah. giving him any useful skills or he's not learning anything exactly. he's just watching other people live on there anyway so fuck exactly. it. We'll yeah. just take it away yeah.
0: and the same goes for for all of us I mean, I mean, when yes. you really think about it, I mean, uh, I, I have to fight. I have to fight it, too. I'll, I'll spend all day st- staring until my neck is oh, yeah. until my neck is injured. Uh, you know, I,
2: mean, I have all these things set up on my phone, like alarms to like if I've, you know, it'll tell me like you've been on social media too much, you know, like you're cut off. Like I have it set up in my phone because you don't realize oh. when you're doing it how time is passing. Hmm. Um so that's and and you know,
1: I'm going to call me. bullshit on some of these fucking things I see on these memes I see on <laughs> Facebook, you know, because it's, it's super, in my opinion, super misleading information. You want to talk about like astrology and all this shit is these little things on there. And it's like, oh, th- you want to know what it's like being, you know, attention deficit or autistic or blah, <laughs> blah. And it goes through this whole list and everybody's like, oh, my God. That's me. I know how they right. feel. I'm autistic. Right. And it's just like, shut up. Right. No, man. This is what everybody feels. People are on their <laughs> phone watching this stuff, looking at this stuff, because yeah. they're fucking bored. Yeah. That's what bored people right. do. It's mm-hmm. not because you're yeah. autistic or because you have attention to And I think that stuff is super misleading. Super misleading. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I don't know. That was my venture yeah, And day. you can
2: have <laughs> certain characteristics of of a whole host of issues, but if it's not impacting you. Yeah. Um functionally, it's not a disorder. <laughs> there are people who have ADHD characteristics but they don't have ADHD because they are fully functional, you know, succeeding in life and relationships and occupation. Um, it's just not a disorder at that point. Yeah. So you have some characteristics. It's extremely you know, We all have some. It's
1: extremely hard for me. It affects my relationships, it respects or reflects yeah, or, then, it, on my work, right. on my personal relation it, it it is always negatively affected everything in my life terribly and
2: i think what happens too is that people then develop like anxiety and depression because of the amount of energy that they have to expend to compensate yes. for the symptoms yeah and that to me is a functional impairment if you you know if you're spending so much of your energy just compensating for that and then in you know at the end of the day you're left depressed and anxious and um, then, yeah, that's definitely a significant...
1: Oh, I'm starting know, a new psychiatrist uh, next week, so let's hope that works out well. <laughs> uh, well, I think, I think well, we're pretty close. Is there, anything, is there anything else, Robin, that you would like to plug or talk about real briefly, you know, or anything while we have a little bit of time here left or anything at all?
2: Um, I think just that, um, you know, parents get a bad rap when their children are misbehaving um, or, you know, I know I'm sure as you were raising your twins, Ben, that, you know, there you had latitude, you know, you're, you're a dad, you're raising twins, you're by yourself. Um, so as a mom, however, who happens to be in the field, if my child is having an issue, it's like, well, what, aren't you supposed to be like the perfect mom and the perfect parent that... Can easily manage these things, so um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of parent blame in some of these issues that our, our kids are having, and not that to let parents totally off the hook, but um, I think a lot of it needs to be understand understood that um, you know people go back to the old days and they're like, well, in the old days they didn't have these problems, you know, but in the old days they might have not had it in childhood because perhaps they were getting beaten or they didn't or, recognize you know, them, yeah. <laughs> right. um but it came up, but it comes out later. Um and so you know one of the things I think is so helpful from these evaluations is that parents come in and they've been blaming themselves and they they're they're putting all of this on themselves like you're gonna tell me what I did wrong, right? And and it's not. With the, most of the
0: time. Not I me. Mean, I'm like he's an asshole. I don't know problem.
1: what his problem is. It's not my problem. <laughs> no,
0: I'm so glad I'm sorry, you said God. that, Rob, no, because it's like that's been one of my pet peeves, too. Is that you know, and and all you have to do is just pay attention a little bit and kind of look around you, and you'll see kids who are uh, whose parents are complete just oh, sorry idiots. I mean, I mean, yeah. they're the, I mean, they're just. Just, just horrible people, and their kids are just excelling. They're self motivated yeah. or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and then you got other parents who are just, just oh mean just trying crazy. everything to, yeah. to get stuff to, to happen right for their kids, and their kids are just like, no. I mean, yeah. you know, you, we all have to, as individuals, accept responsibility for our own actions sometimes. So do our kids. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's just, it's just true. Absolutely. And, and I see my son's going through that now, or Neil with his daughter, you know, will have problems and Nick will have some, his uh, son will have behavioral issues or something. And then, you know, I, I can't say it enough to him. And it's like, look, there's only so much you can do, you know, there really and, is. And right. you said at the begin with, at the beginning of this, best thing you can do is just not screw them up. I mean, that's yeah. our job because the the, the best. Yeah, the but best then how are they going to cope through life without trauma? Come on, just don't make them worse. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. How do you become a functioning really adult low, without but trauma? But is it? Is it? Because <laughs> well, man, people, some parents have done some horrible things to their kids. I mean, really have it, historically. So
2: kids will find like. You, you can't grow up without adversity unless there is, like, a helicopter parent just kind of taking all of the roadblocks out of your way or, I don't know, too much money or fame. Affluence. Kind of taking those roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then you know, you might get some kids that haven't, you know, struggled with adversity. But for the most part, they're going to hit adversity, you know, through schooling and relationships outside of you. So, um, I don't think it's necessary for parents to be the <laughs> the ones pushing adversity at them because they'll get plenty of it, if for the most part, in normal circumstances. Yeah. I think it's I think it's worse when the opposite happens when they're hovering and they're just, you know, making sure they have no stress and no adversity and fixing all their problems for them. So I
0: want you guys to just go home and fall asleep on the couch tonight and just let them kids go crazy. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. You don't worry about it. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyway, this has been great. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's really cool. Thank
2: you so much for having me. It was fun. I mean, uh, sure. Nick, yeah. this
0: reminds me. This conversation reminds me of. Uh, remember when we had Joe Schneider on, and he's a teacher. And what he does, he teaches. He teaches just uh, what? What would you describe it? Uh, Kit, well, kids special with needs. Cha- what? Special needs. Yeah, yeah, special needs kids. Yeah. And, and his, his complaint, or not complaint, his observation was like, and he was just one of these people, he can he can deal with it all day long, as long as he gets to go home. And he j- just seems like a really great guy and chose that as a, just found, found it as a profession and found that he was good with them, with the kids, kids with yeah. autism. He says, but in the public school system and all the school systems, those kids are all clumped together, all these Different kind. They're all considered the same problem, and he says they're all. It's all just the kids with autism, a kids with just a brilliant behavior kid with, pro- in the uh, same
1: class with kids with behavior problems. Yeah, you know? like, like yeah, I just
2: which is really a bad thing because then they just learn. You know, they all kind of go to the the worst common denominator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's these classes with varying exceptionalities. Yeah. And and especially with ADHD, it's like the worst thing you could do is take all your ADHD kids together and put them in one in one space because they're just going to learn like all these bad
0: behaviors. Yeah,
2: bad behaviors. So um, and my youngest son has autism. We have him in a school that's um, more where there's, you know, it's like a normal classroom. They're not you know, there's a, a variety of it's a smaller classroom. But, you know, he's inclusive, so it's not that every single child there has the same issues that he does. Um, and yeah. it, that's working and it's, out much better. That's a funding thing, I before. think.
0: I think that's that's what yeah. I think oh, yeah. Joe oh, was it's saying.
2: 100% funding.
0: Yeah, it is like, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they're just kind of let's just let's just put the kids who are kind of sucking the air out of the room attention wise. Let's just put them in one class. It's, uh, it's, uh, and I
2: think that p- part of it, it is not fair if they're being very disruptive to the other children in the classroom. We are trying to learn, right. you know, I, I understand that. Um, but there's gotta be, there's gotta be a better way, um, to have it be good for all the children. Yeah, for sure. Um, martial arts. I just wanted to add that. I forgot about that. So after medication and mindfulness, um, Martial arts is actually shown to be extremely beneficial for children that struggle with ADHD. Um, There's something about the movement, uh, the coordinated movement. Um, So other things are helpful, too, like dance and gymnastics. But martial arts in particular, I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and if that's what they gravitate towards, that's what they should do. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: But there's something special about the martial
0: arts. (laughs) (laughs) Pow! (laughs) <laughs> I will, I will, I will, I will, punch your face. <laughs> well, this fantastic. Is, this is the mawashi yo facey.
1: Well, thank you for coming on, Robin. I, I, I I'm not going to cut yes. it off here, but we're we're getting at that mark where it's getting a little over on the time wise there. But oh, um, I know that What's means that? we're having great conversations So, um, uh, definitely have right. you back on and talk some more about this stuff, or maybe we can have both you and Rob on and, and, and interact with That's both you guys. Fun you know it uh, would yeah. be be a lot of fun too um ooh maybe we'll see you at a wedding somewhere yeah possibly <laughs> in happen. the next
0: week maybe in the next week yeah. or so
1: yeah yeah, yeah we got, we will, we will probably be seeing you there yeah that'd for sure that'd be good that'd be good um, because everyone that's attending
0: this wedding needs your help professional <laughs> <laughs> trust me <laughs>
2: Well, that'll be fun for us. That's
1: That's not can be your he's not excluding what? himself in could be your gift. <laughs> <this. laughs> he's not excluding himself in this, by the way.
0: I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good, dear. Cheers. Say hello to your lovely husband for us. Yep. Yes, I absolutely will. Uh, looking oh, for forward sure. to more memes. <laughs> oh, God,
1: <laughs> I'm off my Facebook ban in like four days, so I'll be seeing you guys soon. Oh, guys. you're banned again? Mm-hmm. Holy moly! Oh, I was banned for a whole another month again. That's why I've been in my a on Facebook again. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I said, I, I swear to God, this was the exact verbiage. I said, bring it on, fetch. B E T C H, and I got a 30 day ban for that.
0: Wow This is it the, was the fucking
1: fascism on. of fucking Facebook Maybe now. Bring you on. Know? <laughs> Look I'm not about Bullying or cyberbullying But there should be A level of fucking leeway You know what I mean Like Like How you gonna Don't get me started I'm gonna Like spend half an hour Talking about this Alright (laughs) alright
0: Next time Next time Next next time time. Next
1: time Next time time, Robin it's a
0: pleasure Same here Thank you
1: the republicans they don't talk yeah they actually i was no they like they just uh i was watching a program they just like kind of grunt and like bleh, bleh, bleh. they don't actually they're like missing something in their voice capabilities that prevent them from actually ever that's like i was watching this program where like there's people that are still descendants that still have like like neanderthal dna in the them republicans